The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett, and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 85, Friday, January 27th, the last podcast episode in January this year. Thank God. I'm Van Burnett. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Wins Above Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Van underscore Verified. And joined, as always, by Steve Giswelli at Stav8818. Uh, we got an exciting show today, folks, because we're talking prospects for redraft leagues. And in general, we just got the baseball spirit in the air. It is PitchCon week. If you guys are not, have not been tuning in, we are in the midst of the four-day run. All proceeds go to ALS Charity, and you guys can find it all. Pitcherless.com slash PitchCon. Uh, you know, Steve, I, I had the Mexico trip. I had a crazy uh, work pitch. I was telling you my kind of life outside of fantasy baseball was nuts this year. So I didn't want to overload the plate. But you, on the other hand, uh, were on PitchCon today. So you're in rhythm and uh, wanted to say, how's it going to you? Welcome you to the show before we introduce a very special guest tonight. Yeah, it's good. Um, it, it's It's kind of, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but PitchCon is like the start of fantasy baseball season. It's at least now that's become, you know, that's been a popular thing, getting more and more popular each year and obviously for a great cause. But it's kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like today I doing a podcast, did a panel with Dave Swan. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm just in the mode now. Like it's, it's ready to go. Like, you know, all the other podcasts are putting out more frequent episodes. I, I'm. I'm starting to get really fired up, uh, you know, going to start signing up for some more drafts. I know I've kind of been at least telling myself to have less leagues. I know the three of us are, are, are in a yeah. draft right now, yeah. so I guess I don't know how accurate that that actually is. <laughs> but, hey, that's like a startup dynasty league that we're, we'll get into. But uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm ready to go. It, it seems like it's fantasy baseball season. Yeah, who needs the Super Bowl? PitchCon yeah. is is kicking us off. And Steve, since you've alluded to our guest multiple times, we got to introduce Shelly Verstraight, who is joining us. Shelly is doing so much in the industry, and everyone loves her work. You guys can follow her on Twitter at ShellyV underscore 643. But Shelly's a contributor at NBC Sports Edge, Baseball HQ, and a manager here at PitcherList as well. Uh, Shelly, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for coming on. 
even when uh, you know you and I were both kind of swamped to do PitchCon, where we feel blessed to have you on the show. Thank you, Shelley. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just really honored. I, I mean, I'm just glad to be on the pod. Uh, yeah, my, you know, my nine to five has been like pretty swamped, and unfortunately, I could not do PitchCon. But I've been kind of like watching um, all of the presentations on the periphery. But I'm glad to be on the pod with you guys. Oh, we're we're glad to have you, and uh, you know we've been kind of saving this this topic of prospects yeah. for redraft leagues and, and looking for the perfect guest, and we just we'll get into it all. We just did our dynasty uh, draft with minors, uh, kind of a minors draft as part of that. So a lot of these names are top of mind for us. But yeah, PitchCon, it, it's uh, it's very exciting. You guys got to go check it out, and if you missed any of the content. Uh, today, and you can see the schedule of all the topics, uh, you know, right before this, I was cracking up watching Paul Spohr introduce Scott White. It's just like the Marvel universe of fantasy baseball industry. And you guys can yeah, the, the find mul- the yeah. fantasy multiverse. Yeah. The multiverse. <laughs> yeah. And you can find anything that you missed the day after on Twitch or next week. We'll be uploading everything uh, to YouTube as well. Um, but Steve, before we jump in head first on, on the prospects for redraft, uh, give us a, a quick, you know, recap of how it went today. This is your second time recording. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a day. It, it fit in between picking up my daughter from daycare, um, you know, doing bedtime. Uh, uh, there was two fantasy uh, podcasts. Shout out to my wife for you know helping me and and letting me be able to keep my hobbies despite uh, you know us having a a, a seven month old. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was a ton of fun. I was on a panel with Dave Swan and Eric Datum, both um, contributors here at PitcherList. Dave Swan, obviously, a, a fantasy manager. Eric Datum uh, does a lot of the bullpen stuff, does reliever ranks in season. Um, and we did a topic on our fades. Um, so don't want to spoil it too much if you didn't want to see it. You know, go check it out on on YouTube, um, go through a link, do it, you know, donate, um, for a great cause. All of the proceeds this year are going to, um, uh, support ALS and, and, and research ALS. Uh, so that's obviously amazing. Like, it's not like, you know, 75, it, the fact that all of them are going directly to that great cause is, you know, it, it's something that I'm proud to, to be a part of. It's, it's, uh, it's really special. And then, Obviously, it's, it's a lot of fun to talk uh, talk fantasy baseball. I know Spore was uh, was active in our chat. We were we were talking about fades, and uh, you know, I, I, I even <laughs> threw out uh, I compared McKen- uh, Tristan McKenzie's body type uh, to I call it Paul, Paul Sporoian. So uh, <laughs> he got a kick out of that too. So it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to Ooh, Dave yeah. and and, um, and them for. Uh, Dave and Eric for for being part of it. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. So uh, it, it really put me in the mood of for for fantasy season, which is kind that's of awesome. exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome to have a kickoff. And yeah. and and Shelley, just in general for you, I mean, you know, I talk about it too sometimes. And for people who it's not, you know, you're nine to five. You know, you can at times kind of experience like fatigue or just there's so much out there. But I look at someone like you who's you know, doing it across multiple sites and you have your hand in so many activities, 
you know, how do you keep up in the off season? Like, you know, talk about that and, and then just prospects you know, everything. Too, right? Like that's yeah. your, that's just like, there's that a, never stopped. Like there's always like, it, like it's an ocean that, of players. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so crazy. talk about, talk about your process, Shelly. And also we got to hear kind of what you're working on. If there's anything uh, our listeners need to be aware of that's coming up, just talk to us about, about Shelly's world for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Shelly's world. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just honestly, like when it comes to prospects, I just like really get into a groove into the into the season, like minor league stuff and major league stuff. I just get like all in. I am looking at box scores throughout, you know, the season. And I'm just like finding like minor league guys that I really like and then going to you know, uh, baseball America or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Fangrass and just like reading up about these guys. And I just get like really excited. Um, but what I'm doing now, honestly, is just digesting all of these particular lists that um, all of these particular like dynasty lists that I that I don't have you know, the opportunity to watch all of these players. And I'm just reading, reading, mm-hmm. just trying to grab all the little nuggets that here and there. Um, yeah. So that's basically what I'm doing right now. It awesome. does seem so like it's it. list it's list season, right? Like everyone's top 100 <laughs> yes. comes out now. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 That's what I was going to ask. So like, you know, are we, it, it, it's an ever evolving kind of process. Like it, I know we just had a draft Shelly. Like, do you feel at this point, your opinions are kind of made up or are you like me where it's kind of like, I feel like I'm discovering my, my draft season process all the way up to like early March. Like, do you feel like you've, you've kind of got your book figured out for how you're approaching drafts or is it still kind of early in the game for you being that it, that it is January? Um, Honestly, it's still early in the game. I mean, I know that we did like a minor league draft and I have, you know, my favorite players that I like that, might not be high up on lists, but I'm just like really high on um, just based on, you know, reports that I've read and people who I've talked to. And I'm just like, I'm just like a really big fan of these particular guys. Um, But then when it comes like to the major league guys, I'm just starting to, you know, dip Mm -hmm. my toe into kind of like redraft season. I'm in Mm -hmm. my first DC this right now. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of like dipping my toe into it, um, and just kind of feeling what's going on there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That makes me feel, feel good because I, you know, Steve, I feel like we always are, uh, by the end of February, we have a pretty good idea of who our guys are, but right now it's just like the beginning of it. So yeah, yeah. It's the early stages. Yeah. yeah, But this is, this is a great topic because Shelly is, is definitely plugged in, uh, especially with the minor league guys and, you know, whether it's dynasty or particularly for redraft is what we're going to focus on today's show. We're going to look at if it's worth paying up for some of the top end blue chip guys and then definitely focus on a handful of players in the later rounds where you're looking for impact. You're looking for guys that could really, you know, surge up the draft boards next season and you're getting all the profit this year. Uh, We'll spend a minute looking at pitchers as well. We know it's always kind of a race to find value late in the game for pitchers. 
and the young guys can be a great way to do that. I mean, the names through the years, Zach Gallen, uh, last year, Spencer Strider, just names that seem seemingly pop up and can change your entire season. So we'll talk about some arms as well. But we got so much to get into. Let's let's jump right in with the blue chip guys. And it starts with Corbin Carroll, who, who's got an ADP of 73. And Carroll, man, he's so much fun to watch. Just the, the speed is just sensational. I know for like projections right now, ATC's got him actually at 17 homers, 17 steals in 134 games. I don't know about the power. I would hammer the over on 17 steals, but... Shelly, starting off with you, talk about Corbin Carroll, especially at this price. Is this is this someone you think is going to be a value? What's your overall opinion on on Corbin Carroll? Let's just kind of hear your take on the the most expensive of these youngsters. Yeah, honestly, as a player, I absolutely love Corbin Carroll. Um, it you know as many. Um, you know, scouts, uh, reports that I've read that this guy is a legit gamer. Um, he is all in on helping his teammates. He's in with all of his teammates in the gym, trying to get them better. I love him as a player, mm-hmm. but I mean, with an ADP of 73, I mean, it scares me a bit. It, it's, it's very steep because I was like looking at last year's ADP and Bobby Witt Jr. was going 87. And if Carroll is going 73 already, I mean, again, I love Carroll. I really do. But I think that we are just, as a community, we're just a bit too high on him. Um, because, I mean, it's not like he's on, like, the greatest team. I mean, I love what the Diamondbacks are doing, right? They, mm-hmm. they kind of, mm-hmm. like, remind me of... Uh, the Baltimore Orioles of the of the NL, right? Like they yeah. have like a really mm-hmm. intriguing young team, but I don't think that seventy three is like way too high. Because I mean, where are you going to get those runs? Where are you going to get those RBIs? I can totally dream on Corbin Carroll as a player. I just don't think seventy. I seventy three is like way too high, and I don't think that I'm really going to be. Sadly, I don't think I'm going to have him on a lot of my um, redraft teams if he's going mm-hmm. currently right now. Yeah, it's St- Steve, I want to hear where you're at. So Carroll played 32 games last year, got 115 at-bats, right? I think he came up the end of August. Um, and he did well. I mean, he hit 260, 330, 500, 830 OPS, 130 WRC+, popped four homers, only had two steals, but whatever. That was you know, uh, a, a successful MLB debut. If he hit 190 and had two homers and two steals, um, how much lower <laughs> would his ADP be? Right. It'd be two. So yeah. that's, that's how, that's how many difference that that's what four hits, right? <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? And, I think that because that line looks good and that small sample was pretty good and the power was there and there was that video of him going first to third and like uh-huh. the fastest sprint speed ever and like that went viral on Twitter, which you know I popped for too and got super excited about. It's just I don't understand. I think that is telling that he would probably be at least 50 picks later had he had – 
a little bit less luck and didn't have the success in this small sample in September. Again, I love Corbin Carroll. I, you know, I stashed him all year last year in a redraft league and like the one minor slot we had or any slot that we had. Right. But if you're taking him at ADP 73, you basically need him to get like 30 steals at at least 250 and pop 10 to 15 homers, right? Like you need him to have his 80th percentile outcome at least. Um, you know, I didn't have any shares of Bobby Witt last year because the cost was just too high. And I don't know, was was that wrong? Like, you know, I don't know if that process was wrong. You know, he had a good year. Uh, he went 20-30, which, you know, uh, Carol probably could do. I don't know maybe if the power is there, but – it's just such a high price to pay, right? Who else is going around him? Like, you know, you could take Cedric Mullins, who is essentially like guaranteed to do what you're hoping um, Carol does, right? Like right around there. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's much safer options. And I think, you know, proven options, at least uh, at that price, you know, it, it's, it's hard because I do love Carol. He's, he's an extremely exciting player. But, you know, are you, are you going to go Carroll or, you know, you can go Eloy, George yeah, Springer, Xander you Bogarts, know. you know, these these yeah. guys that are proven Starling Marte. I know he has the injury, but like if you need steals, like what's what's a safer play than that? You know? Yeah. It, it, Bobby Witt's a good name to throw out because, you know, th- that's obviously the good story. And, and you're hoping for the, you know, the uh, the boom bust. You're hoping for the boom. And he definitely has that on the base pads. 31 steals in just 91 games across a couple levels in high minors last year. So it's there, and he's slated to lead off. But, you know, there could even be some platoon stuff. So I'm with you guys um, outside of my home league that has ridiculous categories like triples and singles. I don't think I'll be interested <laughs> in Corbin Carroll. Uh, let's shift over to an Oriole, though, Shelley, uh, which you mentioned just the awesome rebuild, the excitement going on out there. And Gunnar Henderson is at the helm there, slated to hit third in that lineup. And an ADP of 92, you're getting a, a you know a couple rounds later than Corbin Carroll. And Gunnar Henderson, you know, he's been a tough one for me to, to put my finger on because I recognize the talent as like a baseball player. But when I, I look at the numbers he's posted and his projections, it seems like it's, you know, he's above average in several departments, but he's not like you know, a a 40 homer guy or a 30 steel guy, or he's not batting 310. So, you know, it's kind of like the stuff and things guy, which is odd for a rookie that has helium. But uh, I'm curious your take on Gunnar Henderson and kind of what you see in the player and and also the, if you're going to be interested in having any uh, shares of Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, Henderson um, is a tad bit different for me, uh, just from a redraft standpoint. Honestly, um, uh, from a dynasty standpoint, I think Carol and Henderson are quite comparable. Um, I think that they, while they provide different categories, I think that they are both like really, really good players. Um, but from a redraft standpoint, um, third base is kind of, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a great point. It's, it's at this point where Bregman and Henderson are kind of at and I kind of lean towards Bregman, but Henderson, he's like at that last guy that yeah, you there's kind a, of there's like, a There's a big drop-off right after Henderson. If you don't have exactly. a third baseman before Henderson, it's like, uh-oh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, 
that is what it kind of makes me kind of want to go towards drafting. I would be more comfortable drafting Henderson than Carroll because, again, that gap. I'm like, okay, I miss Bregman, I miss Arenado. I need to get a third baseman. Let me just grab Henderson here so I'm not stuck with, you know, the the Suarez, the Max Muncy's of the world, right? Do you, yeah. do you think yeah. Henderson's floor is high enough that you feel comfortable if if you have to take Henderson as like a parachute third baseman? Like like, are you okay? Are you like you're you're considering him in that tier, right? Like you would be. You you think he could provide the value, even though it is a somewhat price pricey pick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do agree that it is a pricey pick. But I'm willing, if I have not gotten a third baseman at that point, I'm willing to just cool. take a gamble there with the, you know, the upside of Henderson. Yeah, and it, you know, he, he's a guy who has been great at taking walks throughout his minor league career. Um, you know, he's, he's typically double digits there. The strikeout rate kind of hovers mid-20s, but you'll take it. Um, you know, ATC projection has meant 19 homers, 10 steals. Across 141 games, so definitely the volume there, and we know what the Orioles are doing. They're 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 going for it with Adley, with Henderson, Mullins, as you mentioned, Steve. So fun team to watch this year, which is great to say for the Orioles. And uh, Steve, on on your side, I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you see yourself having any shares? He's a guy that we haven't really come to a decision on, at least on the show. I've been kind of afraid, right? Like I've been trying to grab Arenado. Um, I've been keeping Bregman in mind as like a fallback option and I've been kind of undecided. It's like, uh, do I want Anderson? Am I comfortable enough or should I just wait and try and find a value in like the next yeah. tier, which is, is lower? But, you know, I, I think, you know, the fact that, that Shelly endorsed it makes me a little bit more comfortable, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, the Orioles are going to be better this year. They were, you know, surprisingly pretty good last year. Um, that line was pretty good. And, you know, it was another thing. I, I kind of poo-pooed Carroll because of this, but, you know, he held his own. Like, um, he did have a better Bauer rate. Uh, you know, Carroll's was only 5%. Uh, Anderson's was, was 10%. I know, extremely small sample, but, hey, you know, this is what we have for them. Um so uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely more comfortable and I could see myself if, you know, Arenado goes, if Bregman goes, if I don't get like Machado or something in the second round, um, I'm going to be more comfortable grabbing Henderson as long as his ADP doesn't shoot up to like that Cal right. range. I think if he stays at that 90, 90-ish range, which I don't know with these prospects, uh, you know, if he has a good spring or something, that's going to shoot uh-huh. up really, really quickly. Uh, so, uh, at, at this price, yeah, I, I'm comfortable, uh, taking him That's as a third base option. Yeah. Really, really good points. And, and like Shelly mentioned, like Carol's at 73 right now. Yeah. I think we would all bet that Carol easily gets in the top 65 by the time we're mid March because he has the sizzle, right. With, mm-hmm. with the, with the speed, he could steal 40 bags. Henderson, you know, it's, it's almost against what we're used to with a young player because you have to reach and typically it's such a a large range of outcomes but you know looking at what he's done throughout the minors and kind of looking at his profile it seems like it's a little bit more of a of a high floor guy but maybe not quite the ceiling could be wrong there uh for him to you know explode and be like a first second round guy next year 
but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think in a weird way for uh, a rookie, if he falls, I would be fine taking him. Or if I can get him at that value and I need a third baseman, I'd be fine taking him. But um, me personally, I don't think I'm necessarily going to reach uh, hoping to get a third baseman before then, like like we've talked about a lot. So that's Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. Uh, we will get into more names in a minute, but first we are going to take our first ad break and we are right back. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Okay, so we've got some, some late round values and a lot of names to get through. So we can do these a little bit quicker, kind of popcorn so that we don't steal Shelly for four hours tonight. <laughs> But the first one is is one we really liked last year, which is Vaughn Grissom. And that ADP is 189. He was another one along with Michael Harris II that the Braves brought up straight from AA. So leapfrogging, AAA. And he only played 22 games at AA. So Grissom was super green when he came up into the majors. But he definitely held his own in 41 games. Hit 291, five homers, five steals. If you remember, a lot of that happened early on and people were rushing to the wire. And then he definitely cooled off. I think they actually benched him, right, Steve, in the, the playoffs just as a rest? Or did they, they, did yeah, they leave him um, off? Albies came back from injury. So That's I right. think they um, played him a little bit less. Did they even like play him in the outfield too at one point? Or, or are they talking about that? Yeah, it got weird down the yeah, stretch. Yeah, it did. So but it, I mean, with Swanson gone, like this is, you know, it's his spot. All in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And ATC's got him projected for 124 games. You could probably bet the over on that. Um, good power speed guy projected for 14 homers, 16 steals, and a 277 average. Put all that in the Braves lineup, and ADP 189 at least has my attention. But Shelley, what do you see with Von Grissom? Is this a player that you're kind of circling on your draft boards this year? Um, honestly, um, not really. Um, I mean, with the depth of shortstops and uh, kind of like the lack of depth of a uh, second baseman, I'm just trying to grab as many shortstops as I can. And when it comes to Von Grissom, like he is, you know, currently, you know, uh, on Fangrass, he is projected to hit ninth. And... I just that like that late season swoon just kind of like put me off just a tad bit. And I, I don't know. I, I would rather take my, my shots at another shortstop other than Von Grissom. I think that he's a fine player, but just him hitting ninth 
that just, you know, just limits those, those, those vital plate appearances. Yeah, it, it does. And, and they're trying to use him as kind of that, you know, the, the mini lead off, like we've talked about. So he might get some runs with the, the top of the order right behind him. But yeah, to your point, I mean, some, some names going before him, uh, Jonathan India, Tyro Estrada. I think, you know, he's got kind of a, uh, you know, the upside where I think I might be interested at that range. And if it's not working out, hope I can backfill, but it is a risky play for how little we saw of them. Uh, Steve, have you formulated an opinion on Grissom uh, for, for this draft season? Um, I'm kind of with Shelly that, that late season, you know, where it seemed like the league figured him out kind of has turned me off. However, that kind of happened with with Michael Harris. If you remember, like right before, right after the All-Star break, he started to dip a little bit. It's like, all right, here we go. You know, like the lead's figured out. He's got to make an adjustment back. And with Harris, he did um, and was really good the rest of the way. With Grisham, we just haven't seen that yet. So that could be coming. Um, I just don't think that this is a price that you want to pay to still have to find out if he made that adjustment or still has to make that adjustment, um, you know, back to whatever the league did to, to sort of figure him out, you know, um, guys going around him, you know, even if you want to use him as a second base, which I think he should have from last year, it's like Brandon Lau, Jonathan India, Whit Merrifield, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, Jeff McNeil, Um, even guys like Kettle Marte and Gavin Lux, you know, are are a round or two later and kind of have, I think maybe just as much It's just, you know, a different type of upside with kind of like a bounce back from Marte and injury and Lux like a post hype breakout. So uh, it's, uh, it's almost priced a little bit too high to kind of be this, the, the value. I think it's, you know, in a, in a 15 team or it's still a, uh, a, a 12th round pick, you know, that that's not that cheap. Um, so, you know, it, guys like, uh, you know, Oscar Gonzalez, Lars Nupar, uh, even Alec Bohm, there's things to like about him there. Uh, you would take him before. So I, I think there's just some more proven guys that I would rather have. And, you know, he's going to be shortstop. Like Shelly said, like it's a deep position. You're probably going to want to have at least one or two, by the time you'll be you'll be picking Grisham, so you might be looking elsewhere. Just it's kind of like an awkward uh, price for him. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna bend, not break on this one, even though you two just body slammed my hopes and dreams <laughs> of Fawn Grisham. But I, I I do like the the plate discipline, which is like uh, you know his strikeout rate was always under 20 in the minors. I, I like seeing that. Uh, the, hoping the hit tool can get him on base, and the top of that order can. Can give him some good runs, always an underrated stat. But let's keep rolling here. And uh, we got a Red Sox guy for, for Shelly. So Tristan Casas, uh, the top first base prospect on, on MLB Pipeline. Uh, it's a name that's been on the radar for a while. Steve, when we talked about potentially drafting him in our, our Dynasty mock, I remember you said, eh, it feels like it's a boring pick. Uh, yeah. Shelly, talk to us about Tristan Casas. I know there's not a ton to be excited about with this confusing Red Sox rebuild, if it is. Uh, but, you know, do you see that Casas is going to be uh, a good redraft guy this year or dynasty long-term? What are your thoughts overall on, on Casas? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, 
I, I'm I I am taking my Homer cap off right now. Okay. Um, I I really do think that he is good for redraft and then also for um, dynasty um, because I think that for redraft uh, first base is extremely deep. You can wait ex- very very long. So currently, what he is going. 238 no. I think I have so that's like you know round yeah so he's going in fifth round the, yeah round 15 20, 16 yeah yeah the 25th first baseman off the board <sighs> and if you're going to get a 25th if you could get a 25th position who is going to get every day at bats because you know mm-hmm. they got rid of Eric Hosmer and he has that prospect pedigree and you know you know Fenway Park you know, he could just pepper home runs and doubles off that monster. I think that it's an extremely sneaky pick. Just wait on first base. Just get Tristan Casas. I love it. Yeah, then, I, I, I think it's ahead. an underrated hit tool, really. Like, I know, I yes. think he's kind of projected at 240, but I, I always thought that he was had a better bat than that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming up through the minors, like, they have always said that he is, like, you know, they've said that he is like Joey Votto, which just makes me swoon. But I mean, I don't <laughs> think that he's going to be like that good. But he has that that particular like hit tool. Like he changes his bat position when he gets into two strikes. He chokes up on the bat just to put the ball in play, which I, which is from a just a Ted Williams. Exactly. Just it's just what I like to see. I, I do think that he is a really good hitter. When he came up last year for like that month in September, yeah, it wasn't that great, but he had a few bombs, which was like really exciting. And I just, I just really do believe in the talent. And if you can get him again, like so late, if you can just wait on first base, just keep waiting and get him who can get everyday at bats. I love it. Yeah, I do too. Steve, where do you fall with Tristan Casas? Yeah, now it's starting to get in a range where it's like, all right, like this is a, a flyer range. Like it, it's late enough in the draft. And I think, you know, probably what I said to you in our dynasty draft when I was a quote unquote boring pick, like I think that's good for fantasy value, right? Like it's like Casas has yeah. been this top prospect forever. It hasn't clicked just yet. So there isn't this like super hype train around him. You know, he did hit 197, which I kind of talked about with Carol. Like, I think if, you know, if that September sample was 280 with five bombs, we'd probably be talking about Tristan Costas as a top 150 pick, at least because, you know, the Red Sox are kind of handing him that job, like Shelly said, with Hosmer gone. At a full stop in the minors, so like, you know, taking out the nine game sample in AAA and 2021 a two game sample in high a in 2019 he has never had a wrc plus below 127 like this guy can can hit so uh i i really like it and especially in deeper leagues like like shelly said even if you have a first baseman like this is an awesome pick for for ci if you want to if you want to put him put put him there like mm-hmm. it 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 just looks like you know he he's he's ready to go. I know I know he hit just one ninety seven, but it was still one twenty WRC plus. Uh, he you know walked twenty percent of the time. I know it was just a ninety five plate appearance sample, but hey, that's still a, a good amount of walks and only striking out twenty four percent of the time for a guy with his raw power. You love to see that plate discipline. 
yeah, he's he's slated to hit seventh right now, but in that lineup, if it does kind of go his way, you could see him sliding up to maybe fifth in, in front of like a Verdugo and Duvall. Uh, I really like it with Casas. I think the the one thing is I, I know there were some reports about some knee issues, so that might be something to keep an eye on in spring training, just you know, make sure we get an understanding of where the health is at. But I think where all systems go on Tristan Casas, uh, moving over to a couple catchers, and we got Logan Ohapi, who's a name with uh, the LA Angels. If you guys have not heard of Logan Ohapi, I think he came up for just a few games at the end of last year. But, you know, Roster Resource has him as the starter. There, it should be a split with with Max Stassi. But Ohapi's got a lot of helium right now in, in terms of prospect catchers, uh, you know, along with Andy Rodriguez, he's one of those names at catcher that just seems to be climbing up everyone's boards. And Shelly would love to hear your opinion on Logan Ohapi, just 22 years old. His ADP right now is 247. Um, but he seems like an interesting guy who I know people like his defense that might help him kind of increase the, the plate appearances. But what do you see from Ohapi from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Ohapi just kind of like, you know, popped up on kind of like uh, fantasy uh, dynasty, you know, radars last year. Uh, he's always just been a guy who can like really, really hit. And I mean, he just like, like blossomed last year. You know, he hit like 15 bombs. Again, it was in double A for the Phillies organization and their double A um uh, stadium is, you know, a bit hitter friendly. Uh, yeah. So, That's yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm a little bit cautious about the power, but I really do think that he should get most of the everyday at bats in, in the Angels, uh, you know, starting out. But um, I was, I, I'm a little bit concerned because um, um, Jeff Zimmerman with, um, Rotographs with mining the news, like he had like this like little blurb that that there is a competition between Matt Thice and Logan Ohapi for you know um, an everyday playing spot playing spot um, you know coming out of spring training, which really which really scared me because af- I I found I, I read that after I you know, drafted Logan Ohapi as my second catcher and my first DC. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're watching closely. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I, I really, I really do think that he's better than Max Sassi. I think that he is better than Matt Thice. And I really, maybe the angels are going to bite me in the butt again uh, this year, but I really mm-hmm. think that they look to be a competitive team. And they- I really do think that Logan Ohapi has a chance to just, like, you know, really contribute for them. They're trying to be at least right with Renfro and, and yes. Ohapi. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're trying to be, I mean, Hey, I, I like a few of their signings. I fell victim to that last year though, too. So, but Same. it's, it seems like with Otani's free agency coming up, like they have to give it a go at least until the deadline. So if Ohapi's their best catcher, like they're going to play him, which I think he is. Uh, yeah. He also hit 11 home runs when, after he was traded to the angels, I think it was, what the, was that the Brandon Marsh trade? Brandon was Marsh. Brandon Marsh, yeah. 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 But mm-hmm. Salt Lake, I think, is their double-A, or that's actually triple-A. Uh, I forget, but I still think it's a pretty hitter-friendly environment, too. So he had two 
um, hitter friendly environments. I think that's reading in, in double a for Philly. That's super, super, uh, hitter friendly, but still, Hey, I mean, a 144 WRC plus in double a, um, with the Phillies, uh, and then a 194 WRC plus in a 29 game, uh, 98 at bat sample, uh, for, sure. for, for the angels, double a team. So, he had 26 home runs across, you know, uh, basically 104 games. So the power is there for sure, which is exciting. And a catcher this late, I imagine it's going to go one way or the other. Like he's going to be the, the the leader, right? And that ADP will probably shoot up. Or it, you know, maybe it's good for us if uh, or, or for drafters now if it's kind of like that competition to keep that cost down, and you kind of just bet on the skills, not role, right? Like the old Brown Shadler yeah. adage, and, and hope that Ohapi gets that role. But I, I, I like him. I, I think it's an interesting debate between this and the next catcher that we have listed here. Uh, not to steal your job there and, and do a good segue, you, but hey, hey, you're just saving me breath, Steve. I was going to keep it with you and just say Gabriel Moreno. I feel like is a name you've brought up in the past. Uh, just ten picks after Logan Ohapi at two fifty seven for the D backs. And Moreno, talk about a great hit tool. This is a guy who's projected out at 275 batting average uh, on ATC. And yeah, he kind of struggled over 25 games last year, but a lot of people like the bat here. Steve, uh, between these two, uh, do you have interest in one over the other? And then would love to hear from Shelley on that same question. I kind of lean Moreno just because I feel like his prospect pedigree has just been a little bit shinier and higher and... You know, a 60-70 hit tool for a catcher is just, you know, you automatically, like, you know, obviously it's a steep comparison, but you think, like, Joe Maurer, like, you know, uh, that that's the 99th percentile outcome for him. But uh, it, it just is exciting when you have a, a guy that at least this high in the minors sticks behind the plate and then at the major league level sticks behind the plate that has that good of a hit tool. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. I mean... Uh, Toronto, I think, kind of just made that deal because they have Kirk and also Jansen, who are two really good catchers and kind of set there. But um, it was like an embarrassment of riches at that catcher, and they kind of yep. cashed in. I don't think that was a that's an indictment um, on Moreno, and I think it's it's good for his fantasy value. Like it seems like there's probably more of a direct path uh, less less competition for moreno right uh i know they have carson carson kelly Car- is carson kelly still there yeah. in arizona yeah. yeah but i feel like he's also hurt for three-fourths of the year every year anyway but um you know i mean varsho has got some time behind the plate uh last year and it was probably well while he was hurt but um while kelly was hurt but i i really I, I think moreno is kind of one of my favorite like hitting prospects period just because he's that good of a hitter at catcher but uh we'll see what shelly has to say and you know make her choose i was just about to say i hope shelly just (laughs) comes in and levels you here (laughs) shelly what do you think on moreno um honestly um i love moreno i really do um i think that he is just a just a freaking great hitter i don't know how much power there is going to be there Mm -hmm. um He's just kind of like that bat-to-ball guy, just extreme, you know, great average type of guy. I I don't think there's going to be a lot of power there. And then knowing that Carson Kelly is currently penciled in as their everyday catcher mm-hmm. at the start, 
I mean, I think it's kind of like the, you know, the same thing with Logan Hoppy. Like if, if Moreno, you know, starts out as, you know, the first catcher for the Diamondbacks, I'm all in. Same thing with Ohapi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think that either team is going to do that. And it yeah. kind of kind of scares me a bit. Um, but honestly, if I were to put Logan Ohapi or Gabriel, Gabriel Moreno, like pick one for like long term, it would definitely be, be Moreno. I trust his, his bat to ball skills. I trust just everything from him versus Logan Ohapi. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Good way to sum it up is, you know, w- watch the position battles there because, like you guys said, it's uh, it might be fifty fifty split, but if there's an injury or if one of them's you know just tearing the cover off the ball in spring training, uh, definitely a, a tiebreaker there. But yeah, I'm with you guys. I'll, I'll lean Moreno with the hit tool. Uh, another hit tool guy down in Coors with the Rockies, Ezekiel Tovar is another name I've heard a lot this off season that was not on my radar. Just 21 years old, ADP 263. There's always going to be a little bit of a Coors hype factor for the shortstop here that's slated to be their everyday shortstop and projected to hit 273, 14 homers, 10 steals, a little power speed. Uh, Shelly, do you have interest in Tovar? Anything you want to add about uh, the Rockies shortstop? Uh, I've been a Tovar fan, Tovar fan for a while. I just, I just really... I'm upset that he plays for the Rockies because he's projected to hit ninth, ninth uh-huh. in a really bad lineup. And you just, as much as I love the dude, you, you really can't, you can't feel comfortable drafting someone who is projected to hit ninth. Like and Coors and the Rockies just balances out because you know, they're going to screw something up. It's right? so exciting exactly. to have a guy potentially play half of his games at Colorado as a hitter. But then it's also frightening that it's the Rockies that are in charge of him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love the dude and maybe a couple years down the road, maybe I'll be more excited. Um, but for redraft, not this year. Mm. Not this year. I'll take okay. so, I'll take someone else at shortstop. Okay. Steve, uh, any, anything to add on Tovar? I, I think it's a, it, it's still, you know, I mean, it's, it's two ADP two sixty three, So it's not free, right? Like it, it's an 18th, 17th round pick. Um, mm-hmm. so, so you're still, you know, trying to fill out your roster at that point, uh, at, at least in the deeper leagues, you know, DC's, uh, even like, you know, the standard TGFBI, things like that. Um, you know, main events, uh, all of that. It's just so like, if you could get this, this, if, if what his tools are and how he hit at the minors come through at Coors field, it's super exciting. And I'm probably going to want to take a flyer or two in a few scenarios, just because it's like, all right, you might be able to get this really good hitter, that plays half of his home games at Coors Field um, in the 20th round or whatever. You know, yeah, 18th yeah. Round. Um, this is like when you're playing roulette and you just toss yeah. one chip in the middle on exactly. a number. Exactly. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, I just want one share here in case this this goes nuts. I, I love playing the numbers in roulette. So it's a horrible way to gamble, but uh, hey, I do. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be putting a few yeah, numbers I, on, on Tovar. 
There you go. Yeah, and maybe if if things do fall his way, he can creep up that order to to Shelley's point and and jump over you know Brandon Rogers or or Grichik uh, yeah, but, or a ninth like ninth like hopefully they play him ninth like think about all these guys that we've been excited about at the Rockies and like they barely even play him and like then they just you know right Hampson for yeah, five years yeah and, yeah know, the list goes yeah, on and, and on. on and on and they are twenty four in Triple A and you know you forget about them. Okay, well let's let's keep rolling here because we got names and and this one I think Steve and I are both a little nervous about this one, Shelley, because in our MILB draft that we're in the same league, we went ahead and hit the reach in the third round for Mister Matt Mervis, and then the Cubs go out get Hosmer, uh, you know, Trayman Mervis. Yep, yep. We're talking we're talking about uh, helium. This might have been the biggest riser last year of all prospects. Uh, but he did put up some insane numbers with 15 homers and just 57 games uh, at AAA. So what are your thoughts on Mervis, Shelley? And uh, feel free to make us feel better about that pick. <laughs> I, I I mean, I was like super high on Matt Mervis coming into the year. Um, definitely from like a redraft standpoint uh, because it seemed – that the Cubs were all in on Mervis. You know, he moved up, you know, three levels. They sent him to the Arizona Fall League. He just demolished every single level that he did. I'm just like, okay, yeah, the Cubs are totally for this, right? Uh, But then they go out. In like a span of a week, they wipe that away. (laughs) Exactly. And and, and everyone who was just like, fans of Nash Mervis, right? Was just like mm-hmm. bah, bah, bah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I I mean, I mean, I don't think Hosmer's like really that great. I mean, I will be like a forever Mancini fan just mm-hmm. for everything that he has gone through yes. in life and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Um and I I I do think that Mervis can beat out Hosmer at some point in the year. Um, because I mean, the Cubs are what paying him, um, Hosmer just like the minimum. Uh, yeah, so it's league minimum. Can, yeah. yeah, exactly. So they can cut him at any type, you know, at any point. And if Mervis is just like, you know, smashing baseballs and like AAA, they 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 probably will because I I do think that the Cubs kind of see themselves as kind of sort of competitive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that there is a chance, uh, but it's it's going to be a month, month and a half before we see Mervis, which may, really makes me sad. But yeah, I, I mean, I was all in on Mervis and then, yeah, things happened. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they, they, they're so interesting because they were like a one foot in, one foot out club. And then, you know, bringing in Dansby Swanson, Mancini. And then, yeah, the Hosmer Mervis thing, it just to me was was a step backwards. But as a Cardinals fan, I, I won't complain too much. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, just for time's sake, I might skip Miguel Vargas because Steve and I have talked about him on every sure. show for the past three months. Uh, but but he's in the mix. We haven't talked as much about Bo Naylor. So this is the third catcher we're talking about in this list. ADP of 312. It's another name with some buzz, but it's another name that, you know, theoretically is blocked with the Guardians bringing in Mike Zunino. Uh, talk about Bo, Bo Naylor, Shelley. Um, this is a guy who, again, I'm not as, as dialed in uh, on the minors, but 
have heard his name come up a bunch, and he's got kind of the unique power-speed combo at catcher. So curious your take on Bo Naylor. Uh, yeah, uh, Naylor um, is just is very, very unique. Um, I was all in on him, you know, back in, you know, 2021. Um, and then he just like fell on his face and I'm just like, okay, this is not going to go anywhere. And then, um, sorry, Orsillo just came in from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. We, we get the pets all the time. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and then, you know, and then last year that he just goes off, right? He, you know, he, just hits like all the home runs, steals all the bases, and you know is a much better defender behind the plate. Um, I really think that he is very interesting, but I would put him, you know, kind of like on the same um, uh, space as Ohapi and Moreno um, okay. because there is someone in front of him who has had you know major league starting time, but. With Ohapi, Moreno, and Naylor, I do think that they are all the better offensive catcher than um, the person who is in front of them. So, I mean, I've been kind of just trying to snag up Bo Naylor here and there um, because, I mean, Mike Zeno, we all know who he is. Uh He just hits home runs and has a pitiful uh, batting (laughs) average. Uh, So, yeah, I I, I think that Bo Naylor... Um, we'll definitely see more playing time, definitely in the second half. So maybe these guys are like high upside catcher threes. If they don't get the job out of spring, you know, you could probably maybe move on, you know, Mm -hmm. then keep them in mind, like snag them up. If they do run into more playing time down the year, you kind of wait and see there. I think that, you know, you probably want, two guys with clear paths to playing time, at least Ohapi, I think you probably would be comfortable with uh, a catcher too, just because it seems like the angels want to at least try to win it at least right away. Um, and he's in an actual position, position battle. You know, um, I don't, I haven't seen anything out of Arizona with Moreno as far as like where they mm-hmm. stand on that. And then Bo Naylor too. So, I, I think I'd probably go in that order with the caveat that these guys all look like pretty good catchers and guys that could hit behind the plate. Yeah. And the caveat that you're getting a four round discount on bone. Yeah. So true. If, if true. they are kind of tiered together, that might be yeah. something to think about yeah. as like a, a catcher three. So I, I like that. Uh, Steve, let's stick with you on Oscar Colas who outfielder for the white Sox, and some good news. Unlike Mervis, when we drafted Colas, uh, we saw shortly after that that there was a report that he has a chance to win the right field job over Gavin Sheets in the offseason, which is kind of like, you know, is that news? Doesn't everyone kind of have a chance typically? But uh, it's good to know there is a path that they've acknowledged. So Colas is, is interesting. He's actually 24, so not quite as young as some of the other names we've thrown out. Uh, do you think there's reason for excitement here, Steve, in redraft for Oscar Colas? Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, the projections look pretty good um, in limited playing time. I mean, Fangraph's depth chart and Steamer have him at like 20 and 19 home runs and 109 games respectively. So uh, the projection systems by the power, like the bat has him at 12 home runs, but that's just in 92 games. So 
um, you know, prorate that out. That's close to the to the twenty um, that 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 uh, Fangraphs that that Steamer and depth charts have. So um, I think it's an exciting player. Um, you know, he's had hit for average, um, kept the K rate somewhat ma- ma- uh, manageable. I mean, I know in AAA it was only a seven game sample. He, he struck out a bit, but um, you know, just twenty four percent in. 51 games at double a uh before that was at three levels last year which you like to see right like uh yeah Yeah. exactly three levels in one year not many prospects um get to do that i know that's probably a little different because it was you know his age 23 season so they kind of got him through all those levels but um the power looks legit um i mean he had uh you know an iso of 257 uh at double a so um, a lot, a lot of power in that bat. I think he came over. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Shelley. Was he like a, a pitcher as well? Is that is that is this is that Colas? Uh, I, I I think I think he's just gonna. Yeah, stick in the he outfield. was considered. Yeah, he was, he was considered like the Cuban Otani. Yeah, but yeah. he's but just gonna hit. He's just gonna hit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Shelley, are you are are you interested in Colas at all? Oh uh, yeah, I I I am. I mean. Um, just hearing that news that, you know, the White Sox are at least, you know, thinking about putting him in right field from the start really gets me excited. Because, I mean, I like Gavin Sheets as, like, an idea, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, Oscar Colas is definitely more injury game. Um, mm-hmm. And I would definitely, you know, take a shot on him versus Gavin Sheets in you know a deep league so yeah. yeah i was i was really excited to hear that news yeah should should add that this is way deeper than the names we've thrown out his adp is 480 but that should oh, yeah. rise very fast as well with the news and and with his uh his bat the power of steve you mentioned across three levels but that totaled out at 117 games and he had 23 homers there hitting over 300 on the batting average in that time so a lot that you like to see. It comes with kind of that small sample size, but I think it, it could be a popular kind of last round pick in standard drafts and definitely like DCs and, and draft and holds uh, a good name too that could that could pop. So uh, we will flip to the other side of the ball with some pitchers, but we are going to take our second ad break and we will be right back. Okay, so looking at the top end arms, uh, Shelly, our, our pitching philosophy here is is we really like the window and redraft of like pick 50 to 100, kind of loading up. But then Steve has, he's been good the past couple of, we've only done two years, but he's been good at plucking out some diamonds in the rough on pitching. And that's kind of what we're, we're looking for here. And it seems like there's a good list of young arms this year that are fantasy relevant, but starting with you know, the most uh, prominent, I guess, in terms of the name value is Grayson Rodriguez, again with the Orioles, ADP 195. Uh, how do you feel about Grayson Rodriguez long-term and also for, for redraft, Shelley? Um, long-term, I'm, I'm like, really excited um, for him. Um, from a redress standpoint, um, an ADP of, like, 195, like, scares me a lot. Um, I mean, just based on like what Baltimore currently has right now, I mean, they did make a trade uh, today as we're recording this, right? Mm-hmm. So they have Gibson, Irvin, Bradish, Kremer, and Tyler Wells. And 
with how much time that, uh, you know, uh, Rodriguez missed last year, yeah. I think that they're going to just kind of like let him get his groove, you know, feel his groove out in AAA and then bring him up when, you know, a couple months down the road. Mm-hmm. Which is totally fine, but with an ADP of like one ninety five, yeah. that scares that's, me. That's not priced. In, that's not priced in the fact that they yep. still might handle him with kid gloves. That's not priced yep. in. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's that that stings. I mean, how how deep, Steve? Do you think whole whole fall? And you know, it's it's just tough because it's like this is their window with yeah. with Adley and with he was you know, supposed Gunner. to be he it was supposed to be up like last year like right like he was like minutes yeah. away from being called up it seemed like last year when he got that injury right he was so so close to being called up and then like he kind of like didn't you didn't hear anything for a while right like he wasn't pitching like he kind of just it was kind of concerning how silent they were on him and like how slowly they ramped the back. I mean, I don't blame them. You know, this is like the pitching prospect. That's, you know, the best yeah. pitching prospect that the Orioles have had since what, like even before like Dylan Bundy, like, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I wow. don't know. Like, yeah. Ar- it's was, been a was, while. Was Arietta that big of a prospect for them? Like, uh, like, like you w- know. was Kevin Gosman Atlanta or the Orioles? I'm trying, or maybe he, he was. Either. I don't know. I'm he was the, my brain. He was the Orioles. Yeah, he was. He was the Orioles. Yeah. He was. A, he was an Orioles prospect. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was. A, he was a big time prospect too. So, um, and then who did they trade for for Adam Jones? That's going back. Was that like? Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's get Alex that's, fast that's, on that's, the podcast. That's, that's going to kill me. But there was a big prospect that ended up busting that they traded to Seattle for Aaron Jones. Another bad Seattle trade from back in the day. But I'll, I'll look it up while while I'm, uh, <laughs> while I'm doing that. But it's just yeah. it's just so unfortunate because like Grayson's by far, I think, and you know uh, Shelly probably knows better than me, but he is the pitching prospect of like the last two years, right? Like he just has everything. Um, even last year in AAA, you know, 36% K rate, 7.7% walk rate. Like yeah, that's it. You know, he's him as the, as, uh, the, as everyone says on, on the internet, right? Uh, it's just probably the smart play because that, that ADP just doesn't price in the fact that they're going to be cautious with him. But Hey, I mean, you know, if you want to take him and hope that he's up in in May, like I just think that if they announce that he is not going to start in the majors, that that ADP could come down, and then I could be interested again. But it would have to be like around like closer to pick three hundred, I think. Yeah, I th- I think when you look at the the pitchers going after him, it's it's a no brainer, right? At this point, you're not gonna you're not gonna take Grayson Rodriguez over John Gray. Um, you know, names like that. So he'll probably fall, you know, five rounds, but definitely one to watch very closely in spring and just see what the the headlines are, see what the the health is for all the pitchers in front of him. And and yeah, I guess the wait continues for Grayson Rodriguez. Eric Bedard was the big pitching prospect from the Orioles. There you go. Uh, Were you looking that that up on your phone, or did you have like a magazine? It looked uh, like you had paper. In uh, front of you. Yeah, yeah, no, I looked up the in, in in the old newspaper. I, I did go to college in Baltimore and probably had a, a copy of the Sun when that trade did happen. Um, but no, no, I, I looked oh it up gosh. on my phone. Okay, so a, a player who's had better fortune is Edward Cabrera with Pablo Lopez. 
moving and, and kind of a strange trade, but Cabrera is now pretty secure as SP4 with the Marlins. They do such a good job there. He showed great flashes last year, but also a little bit of uh, wild command. And uh, his ADP is 223, so about 20 picks after where Grayson's going right now. Uh, Edward Cabrera, Shelley, you know, I, I feel like there was a lot of hype last year. Is, is this a guy that you're going to have some shares of this year? Um, definitely. Um, I'm, I've, I've been a fan since he's been in the minors. Um, I just think that he has an extremely good Definitely two pitch makes, and he's still working on that third pitch. Um, and it was like really good to see. Like late last year, he was working with Sandy, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's always good to hear. Good guy to work um, with. That is a really good guy to work with. Um, and then just in that park, right? It can just really mask any type of just yeah. issues, right? And he has no options, so he's not going. So Miami cannot really, you know, put him back back down the minors, whatever. He's going to be in their rotation as long as he can stay healthy for the entire year. And I love that. I I I just really do believe in the talents of him. Um, and you know, him going two twenty three, I'm willing to take a gamble and just banking on, you know, the marlins pitching magic um it, they just just do oh, they just have like it's gotta be top five right uh, i yes. mean people talk about the guardians uh you know but and the rangers have done some nice stuff but yeah the marlins it just seems yeah. like they they get the most out of it for sure yep and i guess to to round out well we got we got at least one more that steve has to oh, talk yeah. about oh, but yeah. Transitioning, I want to talk about Hunter Brown because this was one uh, that David Mendelson, when he was on the pod, had brought up as kind of a sneaky pick, ADP 265. And there's so much to like here in terms of the stuff with Hunter Brown. Uh, Very fastball reliant, 97 miles per hour. Um, But the question is, can he get a rotation spot because he's kind of SB6 right now with the Astros. Uh, Shelly... We've been talking about a lot of guys who have the talent, but maybe not the circumstance. What do you see with with Hunter Brown, and do you think it's it's worth the bet at, at pick two sixty five to to see if you can kind of snag an ace in the making here with Hunter Brown? Um, honestly, it kind of like depends on what my pitching kind of looks like. Like if I have like some, you know, maybe like four like set guys yeah sure i will take a gamble on hunter brown but if i am looking for pitching no i'm not going to because i mean houston's lineup you know their starting rotation is like pretty legit just as long as mccullers can stay healthy um i think it it might it might be a couple months before we see hunter brown again which makes me sad because i was i was really excited about what he was doing he was like really improving his commands. I loved what I saw. I just think that it might be a year too early to snag him. Yeah, yeah, Steve. Um, I know I skipped you on the last no, one. Okay. Cabrera, Hunter Brown. Any anything to uh, to add on these? I mean, guys? I le- I love the stuff for both of them. Like Cabrera, despite the walk issues that he had, like there was times where he would, like looked like he was figuring it out and might be just that tweak or two away that usually takes place in the off season. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, 
you know, I, I know that they've been rumored to trade Pablo Lopez forever, but they clearly be- believe in Cabrera. I know, like Shelly said, they kind of don't have a choice because he doesn't have any more options, but they wouldn't just do that if they, they you know, uh, didn't, didn't believe, like didn't yeah. like him. So, um, and like you said, it's a great organization to be in as a pitcher. So, uh, Hunter Brown, yeah, like I loved Christian Javier last year, despite him being the sixth starter because you know with Verlander uh coming back from TJ and just how the Astros handled that rotation they went to six man a bunch I don't know now that Verlander's gone um I don't know that they'll need to go out to that six man rotation that often but hey maybe they will maybe you know that you know Javier is you know was only at what 160 last year um you know McCullers is another guy who's just always hurt um, there's the six starter for Houston doesn't seem like too bad of a play. So despite that, I, I think Hunter Brown has the stuff that you want to take a risk. But like Shelly said, like it needs to be where you already have your staff built. And it's like, all right, I, I have got four guys that are going to make a start every fifth day. Um, I could afford to, um, to have an upside flyer as Hunter Brown and, you know, pick two sixty five. Yeah, great, great upside flyer. I know I talked about it in in past shows, but uh, technique I like doing is Hunter Brown with Jose Urquidy Mm -hmm. because there's been Mm -hmm. some trade talks there. So that way, hopefully you're securing uh, some wins and some volume with with the Astros. But yeah, if he can get the opportunity, look out. Uh, 106 innings in AAA last year, he had a 31% K rate. Uh, so this is, yeah, I like how Shelly framed it. Like if you need pitching, no, but if, uh, you just want, uh, a lotto ticket, then it, he's a great one to go for. So, uh, the next one is, is what Steve really wanted to oh, yeah. talk about, which is the guy that we took first in our, our dynasty miners mock. Andrew Painter, not a mock. That was a that was a live draft, baby. That's a live draft sorry, with sorry. with Shelley herself, the the prospect expert. So uh, we, truly we, playing for keeps, exactly the opposite of a mock. Yeah. And and Painter was, uh, you know, we reached a little bit by the book at, at pick twelve, but we, you know, Steve had me sold. He was giving me the pitch. I was worried about the no such thing as a pitching prospect. Shelly, talk to us about Andrew Painter, if you're a believer in, in the Phillies' uh, prodigy here. Um, I was, like, really upset that y'all took Painter. Like, <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> everyone that I that I have talked to, um, I've, I've watched him in a couple of games, just everything that I'm hearing. Um, Painter's the dude. Painter is the dude. Like, he <laughs> is... Uh, let me see. He is 19 years old and he hit double A. He has not had any struggles. He strikes out everyone. He is just no injury issues whatsoever so far. Like he is the guy and you know, the Phillies have kind of like, kind of like put out there. Well, well maybe he'll start, you know, you know, the season and the rotation and stuff like that. And yeah, I am, I am smitten with painter so yeah that was a great pick and i mean you have you know on the pre-pro you know you have this adp at like 516 that's that's way too low like if you get him there yes yes i i I think painter honestly i would rather have painter than uh rodriguez 100 percent 
Yeah, and I think uh, I forget. I think we might have taken him uh, before Rodriguez, but yeah, that's the there's the cluster there, and we'll talk about uh, the third one. But Rodriguez, Painter, and if Painter gets the opportunity, that would be awesome. But uh, Steve, I know you convinced me. I'm you know very happy and relieved to hear that Shelley has given it the full stamp of approval. But uh, feel free to weigh in here, Steve, on your excitement for Andrew Painter. <sighs> I mean, the the stuff speaks for itself. You go to any one of his player pages on any of the site, it's just incredible, right? Like a 28-inning sample at double A when he was a a 19-year-old at double A, a 34% strikeout rate, a 2% walk rate. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's it's video game numbers. It's video game numbers, what he's been doing. And what makes me even more excited is like the Philly, like, like Shelly said, like, Oh, you know, in the off earlier in the off season, they said you know he might start. There was an article that came out today by Alexa, um, Alex Coffee of the Philly Inquirer um, that you know he's kind of been told like you know to prepare the season as if he's pitching that he there's a good chance that he's pitching into October. So while that might not be that he starts the year, but or, or is even a starter, um, but if he is that good, they're going to want him to start. But they have plans for him this year like right the Phillies are going all in they signed Trey Turner they went to the World Series last year like they're going to be good they want to be good um and it just you know with pitchers too like if the guys are ready like you don't want to waste their bullets at triple a right like you know uh Mm -hmm. Tommy John's inevitable for seemingly everybody right like you want to get them in while you can and if Painter is this good like it doesn't matter you know he's going to be 20 in March it looks like um late March, uh, late March, early April. Um, but it, it just seems like they, if he is this good and he looks to be all this good, like he's going to contribute one way or the other. I don't know if, I don't know if it'll be a starter. Um, but you know, while he is this affordable in drafts, I will try to grab him in every single one, you know, just, just as the, the upside flyer, uh, you know, if, if yeah. he if he isn't, you know, if he doesn't come to the majors, like right, you know, he could easily move on from that. But even in like a draft and hold, like right, like you you draft guys that are going to get hurt or not play anyway, like it's worth it. You know, he has oh, the, up, totally. the upside of 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 anyone, right? Like he, he's that yeah. good, yeah. And and Bailey Falter SP five, like I think he could he could easily crack that rotation. And if you guys haven't seen him pitch, I mean, just go search Twitter for Andrew Painter. He's six it's, it's six, six seven seven. Yeah. Yeah, the the curve, the slider, and it, it looks so smooth on the mechanics like we've talked about in the past. He just doesn't look like a guy who has to try very hard to be elite. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a great name there. And, uh, yeah, a little small correction. Grayson did go uh, before, four or yes. five picks yes. before to, to Schwebzy there, Christopher Weber. So a uh, little stat correction there. Well, let's open it up here, guys, yep. because Shelly – you know, I, I, I know we've got the pre-pro, as you mentioned it, with a, a list of names here, but I'm going to go off script briefly because you said in in the draft that we did, you were able to grab some guys that you really liked. And I know first round you went Kyle Manzardo, a great hitter, first baseman, I believe, for the Rays. Um, but open floor just on, on some, of the guy, uh, some of the players you drafted was it Manzardo, or is there another name in there that you just really love that we can share with the the listeners uh, that's on your radar as, as one of your guys? Yeah, just give me a second to open up the draft. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Sorry. So, it, yeah, we had Manzardo, uh, Jackson Holiday was second round. 
uh, Zach Neto in third round, Harry Ford at catcher, who's another another name that might be like a year away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mainly, you know, I know we didn't have Manzardo on here, and that was one that I thought uh, could be an interesting name uh, to, to look into. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Um, yeah, so Manzardo, I, I, I really do think, um, has a chance to make it to the Rays this year. Um, I don't know how much power is going to be there. He's definitely hit over power. And I just think that that's really going to work with what the Rays like to do. You know, mm-hmm. they like to mix and match, but they just really just need to get any type of offense there. Um, and another guy that I really do like, uh, probably not for this year, but it's definitely like my favorite prospect um, is Harry Ford with with Seattle. Um, he's a catcher, um, but he's has a, a bit of JT Real Muto to him, not from a power standpoint, but more from a running standpoint. Okay. Um, and he has a really, really good hit tool. And when you read like reports, he is an extreme, um, just good clubhouse guy. Like, just what something that made me smile was he would bring birthday cakes for anyone in the clubhouse. Oh, that's who, amazing! Whose birthday it was that. was, and that is just that like, he's just like a dude, right? Yeah. He's a dude who can hit. He can steal bases. This is a guy that I am just like all in on. Um, so I was just, I just trying to like grab him in like any type of leagues i think that he's gonna be really great i yeah. i thought you were gonna say neto because i wasn't that familiar with him when you did take him and then <laughs> i just like automatically fell in love with him he was drafted last year right and made it to double a or to, to two, double a, yeah, yeah yeah or he like, 2021 he was right was it so this was his first professional year right and he made it to double a no, he oh. was drafted in 2022, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. and he made it up oh to God. Double A. Oh my God! And it's unbelievable. I'm like, okay, this this dude really has a chance to probably be the shortstop at some point this year for the Angels because their shortstop situation is a bit in flux. So yeah, Neto mm-hmm. is someone that is kind of interesting as well. Yeah, those those are great names and uh, can totally. You know, Squint and Picture Manzardo just being right in there with like Wander Franco and just racking up hits. And, and it seems like the Rays, very on brand for the Rays. Uh, and Harry Ford, like, yeah, like you mentioned, the, the the few rumblings I've heard about him is that, you know, at this time next year could very easily be, be hearing that he's the number one catching prospect in the game. So great dynasty name there. Uh, but yeah, I know. I know. I kind of flew off script there, uh, and and we're also, you know, well into the over the hour mark. So maybe we'll just throw out a, a handful of names here and, and see if you guys want to hit on any in particular. But uh, some some potential midseason call ups that could be on the watch list for everybody: Daniel Espino, great pitching prospect; Bobby Miller as well; uh, Francisco Alvarez and Jordan Walker. Let's let's. Put a put a pin in yep. the list there yep. across Espino, Miller, Alvarez, and Walker. Steve, is there any one of those four names that uh, is really kind of jumping out at you? I have loved Daniel Espino since like 
2018, 2019, whenever he was drafted. Um, just the fact that he's part of the Cleveland organization got me excited. Like, you know, look at what they did with a guy who supposedly didn't have any stuff in Shane Bieber. Like, what can they do with a pitching prospect that has elite, elite stuff? He's another guy that he got hurt, and then you kind of didn't hear anything from him last year. I think there would be a lot more hype if he had a full season and there was, like, rumblings for Espino to come up at the end of last year. But, you know, unfortunately, because of the – the injury uh that didn't happen but you know he's he's 22 now he you know pitched he made it up to double a last year um i know it was just 18 innings but i mean uh i could see if he starts at triple a and you know gets a few starts under his belt like the guardians are going to yeah. want to get him into their rotation one way or the other sooner and later like he has the stuff to do it so um i'm still pretty hyped on daniel espino i know um I think the 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 uh, shine has worn off Bobby Miller since he struck out Otani with like a hundred hundred mile an hour fastball last spring training. Uh, when I got super excited about that, but uh, you know Alvarez and Jordan Walker too. Like you know, I, I know Van, you have to be super excited about what you have there in Walker. So I know you're going to pick him, but uh, excited Absolutely. to see what you guys have to say about uh, any of the list those names. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shelly, what do you think when you look at the, this list, uh, Espino, Miller, Alvarez, Walker, uh, which one kind of pops off the page for you? Um, I mean, for me, I think it's, um, I mean, I like all of them, but it's it's definitely Walker because I've yeah. been hearing like little rumblings here and there that, you know, he might break camp with the team, which kind of boggles my mind because I think that their outfield is like pretty legit so far but i mean he looked good like when i saw him down in arizona in the you know arizona fall league and just everything that i've heard from him it's just great and just you know hearing those itty bitty rumblings just makes me you know excited because they you, they could trade like an outfielder right um they should it, for pitching for pitching it, guys exactly if they need some pitching so yeah it just I just, out of those four, though, that Walker is definitely the guy who I would be trying to draft in redraft leagues right now. Yeah, no, uh, he's the one that is just in. Obviously, the the homer bias aside, but just the power speed combo, the the plate discipline. I mean, the ability to take a walk. Um, I'm so excited for just when that chapter mm-hmm. comes, but. I'm also nervous. I mean, I know, Steve, we just kind of reached on, on Lars Newtbar, but I think the Cardinals are, are running risk to annoying a lot of fantasy managers uh, this year with just how many mouths to feed. And that's kind of the, the Cardinal way where they kind of rotate it all. Um, so I think there could be a long list of, of guys that are just kind of shuffling, almost like the Dodgers have done in the past with like Chris Taylor, where they're you know, playing three out of five games. But yeah, in terms of the talent, Walker is, uh, you know, it's hard to to argue that he won't be, you know, top two round type of guy in the next two or three years. So uh, love that. Love that you highlighted him as well, Shelly. So uh, let's move to the last group. And Yuri Perez was, was the pitcher that I kind of teased earlier because uh, Grayson Rodriguez, Andrew Painter, and then I've heard Yuri Perez kind of lumped in this group of three uh, for for truly like the top pitching prospects in the game right now, and then we also have Zach Veen, Anthony Volpe, who 
had a fantastic quote unquote down season last <laughs> yeah. year. And Noel V. Marte, who is one that is, uh, you know, the Sheen's wearing off a little bit, but I think there's still a, a ton to like there. So, uh, Steve, let's go back to you on this group. Is there any one of the four that really has your attention that you, you want to hit on? Um, I really like Yuri Perez. I've kind of swooned enough about pitchers when, I'm, you know, I'm a big uh, tin snap. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect guy, so I have to go elsewhere. Uh, I, I really, you know, I, I Zach Veen wasn't on my radar that much, I guess, until uh, I think it was Daniel Port that drafted him in our, uh, in our, in our dynasty startup uh, that we had. And it's just pretty exciting. He seems like he could be slash is one of the biggest risers of the last few years. And, you know, I, I'm a sucker. I, I love to see a, a, a guy in cores come up and just mash, you know, like Carlos Gonzalez was one of my favorite draft picks for for years you know arenado too coming up like it's just it's so easy to ooh and ah over a great hitter in colorado and i think that you know if the next one isn't tovar it might be veen no i love that yeah i'm just trying to search him up there's a second zach veen out there so ah. be careful folks so this is Z-A-C- yeah that's like uh the julio rodriguez that i was gonna fake draft in our league uh you know the, the, i think he's a catcher on on oakland uh we should build like yeah. a like a like a roster you know with the each position of kind of the, the the duplicates that people accidentally get out like i think somebody in my home league one time drafted vlad Gutierrez, thinking it was vlad guerrero like early on i i love i love those so uh back to the topic though shelly uh, if you could round us out between perez zach veen Anthony Volpe and Noel V. Marte, uh, which one of these four is on your radar is potentially an impact player this season? Um, for this season, um, I think that I'm going to go with uh, Perez um, just uh, because I've seen him pitch a couple times and it's it's really, really good. The only thing that, that just kind of puts him below you know, Painter and Rodriguez for me um, really was the injuries. I mean, I know that Rodriguez dealt with injuries as well, but I just kind of like liked Rodriguez more than Perez um, at the time. And then who knows like what the Marlins are going to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So out of the four, I'm definitely from a redraft standpoint, I'm definitely intrigued with Perez. Veen, I'm a tad bit scared of um, because it is a bit more um, stolen bases mm-hmm. versus power. Um, and I am i don't know how that's really going to translate to the majors. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even with it being in cores, I, I just, I don't know. I'm just always like skittish with, with course process. Yeah, no, you should, I mean, they, they, you should be. It's a hard organization to believe in. Even yeah. Rogers, who got the time, it's just like, can we believe it? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, and then with the last two, Marte, I, I, I mean, the Reds are like just stacked to the gills, like with all the trades that they've done with a really ex- extremely extreme, you know, intriguing um, middle middle infield, you know, prospects. I don't know if Marte is going to make it yeah. there. Not, um, yeah, probably not this year, right? Like the other guys might be yeah. more of stash. Uh, were they at least yeah. the, the first group too? This is more probably down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to Volpe, I'm 
Um, I'm. I. It's not that I don't like him. I'm just worried how he's going to take to Yankees fans, Yankee Stadium. Um, because as a Red Sox fan, I know that Red Sox fans can be extremely harsh. I know that Yankees fans can be extremely harsh to players when they don't, you know, perform right away. And he's a Jer- he's a Jersey kid too, so Yankees fans have known about him forever. You know, even before he blew up as a prospect. You know, so yeah, the, the pressure's I, I just, there. Yeah, I just I just hope that that doesn't get to him because I do think that he could be a good player. I'm just kind of scared about what happens if he kind of scuffles just just I mean look look at what happened look at what happened to his his prospect pedigree like when he kind of started off a little slow this year you know yeah Yeah. Uh like it was still really good season and it was almost like his full base still yes he's still really good it's still a good prospect but because (laughs) he's the Yankees you know yeah it's funny that when he when he did struggle over the in AAA with over you know it's only 100 plate appearances but the 30% strikeout rate you know that high strikeout rate and Yankee Stadium does not mix well yeah. you know yes. it's like if 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 you're going to have that and they, volatility they they booed Jeter you know yeah exactly but no Volpe 21 I think that's one that uh you know everyone will be watching when when that debut comes but those are those are great names great breakdowns guys uh, and that that wraps us up for the show. I know it was uh, a full slate of names in a full ninety minute run. So Shelley, we want to thank you sincerely again for for the time and the wisdom on some of these youngsters. But uh, yeah, guys, I think are we just gonna go back to watching PitchCon or you know get back in some new new drafts now that the season is officially underway? According to Steve. Yeah, I think it's time to start doing some drafts. And I know Van, we've we've hinted at it on Twitter on in an episode, and we got some some interest in setting up a listener league, so we can get on that. I think we should probably do a joint DC too. Uh, you know, split a team yes. there. Um, I know we're still yeah. in the middle of the 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 pro draft in this dynasty league. I, I you know, I, I think we're in trouble because like you know, we wanted to get someone on who knows prospects and you know do a prospect free draft show that we've done every year now and like you know we wanted to get Shelly and she's also in this league so we're probably in trouble that like we need to have Shelly on our prospect show and she's in our dynasty league like right like uh, yeah, a little bit concerning for us but hey hopefully we did she liked it you like the painter pick which which I guess uh, bodes well but um, seriously <laughs> Shelly thank you like you know before I followed everyone and everyone in fantasy baseball and this community blew up like you were the first prospect person that I ever followed and still do follow and you know anyone that you talk about is immediately on my right radar so thanks again for coming on and it's honestly a, a an honor and you know shout out to all of the work that you have done and continue to do it's just great stuff it's been awesome following you throughout the years and cool to you know be on the same team and work at picture list with you yeah yeah wow uh wasn't expecting that but thank you yeah. <laughs> uh, uh thanks for just honestly just listening to what I have to say. I mean, that, I mean, that's why I kind of tweet out what I tweet yep. out. You know, I just like talking baseball. It, it, it's it's oh, funny. Yeah. Cause like in our draft chat and our discord, like 
uh, Estavio, who's the commissioner and kind of organized all this. It's like yeah. anytime yeah. that you tweeted, like he would put it in the chat and like, <laughs> and, and then that player would go and like, you it's would just move. use that yeah. for all the it's, info. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Shelly tweeted Twirling this. Twirling his yeah, mustache yeah. over there, Estavio. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, it's so true. Okay, well. We don't want to take up any more uh, of your time, Shelley, but thanks thanks again so much, echoing what Steve said, and uh, I'm sure the, the listeners all enjoyed as well. So thanks, you guys, for, for tuning in to episode 85. Follow us on the Twitter at WindsAbovePod. I'm at VanVerified, and Steve is at Stav8818, and our special guest, Shelley Verstraight, is at ShelleyV underscore 643. That wraps us up for prospects for redraft leagues. We will talk to you guys in two weeks. Until then, enjoy draft season. Thanks for listening, guys. Later.